Stand Up Talk Radio Network. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you have a way harder time getting through life than the average person, Ari. I, I don't know why anybody would listen to this. I know I won't. Ari, your advice single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to You're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed Therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes. Hello out there and welcome to Unlicensed Therapy with me, your host, Ari Manis. If you're wondering... What is this show? This is a therapy session. This is where I have my friends come in, comedians usually, sometimes other people, actual just friends from childhood. They come in, they tell, tell me about their problems. Therapy session, if you will. Now, if you're wondering, Ari, why would you be giving out therapy? What do you know? You're right. I'm not a licensed therapist. I wasn't a psychology major in college. I'm not even the guy my friends go to for advice. But you know what? I care. Now today we have my friend KT Tatara into the studio here at the World Famous Comedy Store Studios down in the basement. Now if you don't know who KT Tatara is, he's a stand-up you're not comedian. <laughs> you're not alone. You're a stand-up com- he's a stand-up comedian. He performs all over Los Angeles as well as the country. He has been on TV, Comedy Central, bunch of things. Yeah. To me, He's living the dream. Thanks, Ari. I'm so, here. Hello, everybody. So why are you here? Uh, you know, I feel like um, I needed some supplemental therapy. You know, I've been going to therapy for seven years, and uh, I'm on like a every other week schedule right now. And uh, what do you, what do your parents think about you going to therapy? Uh, well, my parents are dead, so maybe uh, that's apologize. why I'm in therapy. Yeah. So we start there. Good, good job. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, it's yeah, right. straight to it. <laughs> oh my God, this is getting heavy so fast. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I didn't know that about it. you. That's uh, yeah, because well, you're no a young guy. Has. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm 36 now. Uh, everyone thinks I'm 24. Uh, so you look younger because, than 36. Yeah, because my but 36 my, my is baby still young. Soft Asian face. Yeah, well, yeah I guess it's kind of young to have both your parents dead. But uh, yeah, my mom died when I was 22. And How'd she die? And she had a pulmonary embolism. It's like a blood clot breaks off, like in your lungs and heart and thing. And honestly, I'm. Side note: I'm kind of worried that Hillary Clinton might have one because of like the coughing and the shit and the it's kind of the blood same clotting symptoms stuff. that you remember. I, I mean, I, I didn't see this. It would happen really quick. My mom was just like having shorter. She was like having trouble breathing. I was away. I was at college and I had graduated, but I was still living in my college town. And she was back home in Virginia. And uh, she just like called it. She was getting over like a bronchitis or pneumonia or something. She, she was sick for a little bit. And she was having a little shortness of breath. She thought it was still from the cold. Right. You just thought it was. Yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And then it was getting bad. And I was like, you know, you got to go get that checked out. She goes to the doctor. They're like, you got to go to the emergency room. She gets to the emergency room and dies before they can even Just like try to super thin her quick. Yeah, and Damn. 
you know, the thing is, it's kind of like a random freak thing where sometimes people are in really good health and they're jogging down the street and because like you'll get a blood clot in your leg or something. And if they don't catch it there, it'll travel up into your lungs or whatever and, and just like Damn. kill you and stuff. It's yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing. And That's so, intense. yeah, that was just kind of boom out of nowhere. And uh, was this pre comedy yeah. days? I had just started doing comedy. I, I went on comedy. I did comedy for the first time when I was 20. Uh, I probably didn't get like full blown started like all the time until Mm -hmm. after she died and I had to move back to Virginia and uh, start, you know, doing comedy all the time. Uh, But, you know, I had already done stand up a little bit and had like already said that that's what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, so that gives me anxiety. Like when I see Hillary, not that I'm like some super Hillary fan or anything like that, but it's just like when you see someone's kind of sick and then. I feel like we're all forced to be Hillary fans. (laughs) (laughs) Trump is so like ridiculous. But the thing is, is I'm in a weird position like voicing that because I don't know if it's a bias and just my like anxiety over this personal thing. Uh, You know, the Trump, the the crazy far right conspiracy theorists, you know, like the Alex Jones and everybody, they're all like, oh, she's got this and that and all these undiagnosed things. And I'm not going to go that far, but just based on her actual medical history, she's had like a a clot and she's had like a concussion and she's had these things. She's on medication for her thyroid and blood clotting in general. You know, when I hear someone having that kind of wheeziness and and stuff, I'm like, oh man, like you could have that. And I know how those things can go undiagnosed until it's like too late. I'm sure she has tons of doctors diagnosing her. Well, I know. I mean, I guess that's it. But like it can just sneak up on you even if you're in, you know, good care. Like Serena Williams had her blood. I mean, it could have happened to her if she. And she's really young. Yeah, she's young and she's like super athletic and healthy. Maybe I should go get a checkup. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel a blood clot, but. (laughs) You never know, you know. Wait, so does that affect. are you still a Hillary supporter, even knowing that she could be in really dire health? Jeez, oh, I don't know. I'm. I, I mean, I was never like a Hillary. So I was, I'm not a nobody supporter. I went to high school in the mid '90s. My people around my age are just the most apathetic to f- politics in general. Uh, but by the way, I, I have a question for you, Ari. Yeah. What 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 do you think is the most asked question uh, on a podcast? Uh, can we cuss on this? <laughs> uh, it, are, have we started yet? <laughs> you know, uh, is this supposed to be funny? Those, you know are what de- I mean? <laughs> those are definitely all up there. Are you talking about this podcast specifically? This podcast, or, or maybe all of them. Yeah, I think probably. Can we cuss on this? I yeah, think I've heard. That pretty much is every podcast I've listened to. I hear pretty that. much right. Yeah, yeah. That's I just and go to with, answer all those questions. Yes. Fuck yeah. All, all right. Of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just that should be a game show or something. Can we cuss on this? That's so common. But uh, what the hell was I saying? Yeah, I'm just so I I grew up kind of not caring too much about politics. I find myself more paying attention because with social media and the internet, everyone's blasting out ridiculous stuff all the time, and it's so emotionally charged that everyone just gets in these crazy heated arguments. I I mean, I've fallen victim to it myself. But, you know, as far as someone to support, I mean, Trump is just crazy. Although, if we want to, I don't know, I don't know if we want to get into this. It's not a really a therapy thing. It's okay. I, I personally feel that domestically his crazy will be mitigated by the rest of crazy government people. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be like, this is the new law. Like, Congress and other people are going to be like, ooh, ooh, I don't know. Let's talk about it for six months. I was listening to some podcast about how much power the president actually has. Oh, yeah. yeah Freakonomics. Yeah, Freakonomics. Yeah. And it, well, in that episode, they're basically saying not that much. Right. So it, there's not it, that much damage. 
not that much effect on yeah. the economy. A lot of people always think about the president about economy, and it's not like they just go, voila, jobs yeah. and stuff. It's like they try to do these things. It's not really hard to measure. It's hard to measure until pretty much after they're out of their presidency and time has gone by. So in terms of him creating jobs, all that stuff I think is fluff. Probably the most dangerous thing, obviously, for him is that he goes on TV and, go, and is like, North Korea is a fucking piece of shit <laughs> and fuck them. And then all of a sudden, rockets are flying. Right. You know? And so... Yeah. Something like that where it's not so much him, his finger on the button, it's he says something to other people who have their fingers on the nukes or whatever, and then it's just craziness, you know? Yeah, I personally know so little about politics, I feel guilty even voting. Yeah, well, because, it doesn't really matter, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, I'm kind of one of those. Who, yeah. Well, in California, for sure, but the electoral college is like, in, there's technically a rule where they can't, they don't have to vote for this what the state voted for yeah so it's it's something phrased like in an all in good conscience reflecting their constituents so it's like crazy it technically means like yeah whatever they all vote for i'm gonna go put my word in the hat california says this but they can kind of go yeah they really mean this then have they done that it's happened three times wow yeah uh, I'm not nothing recently, but you know yeah. the fact that that's even there yeah. is crazy. You know what I mean? It's like why not? How does that get changed? Yeah, Who do we gotta. Well, it's like that, and like term that. limits and all these things. It's like you gotta go to them to get them to change their own rule. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's when so you get weird. a parking ticket. Oh, I got a parking ticket, and I had uh, it was for something stupid, and I tried to go fight it at the office, and I got a parking ticket while I was sleeping in my car. <laughs> <laughs> like did you you woke up to the ticket i woke up and the ticket was on the window yeah. and i guess and honestly i was so drowsy i forgot i got it like later i thought about it and i was like did i get that oh, i, I no. don't remember i took i went downtown i i had to do some uh i had like a a show or something i don't even remember what i was doing but basically i had some time off in between whatever i was doing i had like four hours it was in the afternoon i'd been up like since early in the morning so i was like oh i'll just get there i'll put money in the meter i'll park it's kind of actually probably not the best thing to do is sleep in your car in downtown la but <laughs> Um, you know, it was afternoon, three hours, whatever it was, taking a nap in my car. I wake up and I must have, I honestly don't remember this, but I must have just gotten the ticket and just thrown it off my windshield like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, I get a ticket in the mail, a uh, letter in the mail saying, you didn't pay this parking ticket. I'm like, I didn't get a parking ticket. So I call up. I'm like, I don't have this ticket. Maybe there's a mistake. I don't remember getting it. Maybe it, it flew off the windshield. They go, no, no, you definitely got it. It says in the notes here, the officer gave it to you and it, the notes say, person sleeping in the car like or a driver sleeping in the car i'm like he wrote that in the notes like what the fuck <laughs> that's creepy <laughs> didn't he didn't even try to like hey buddy you, hey, are you, you dead fill up the meter uh you're yeah. in the car or uh, what if i'm dead what if i'm passed out what if i had a pulmonary embolism you know what i mean like just like oh shit and so i could not believe that so i went to go argue it, it at the very least just to go this should be on record right. that your people are just giving out tickets and not yeah. even checking to see if these people are okay like yeah and don't you think that's messed up at the very least like fine i whatever the meter ran out i was asleep i i you know i have no proof that the meter was still going or what happened so fine if i that's some law but you shouldn't be giving tickets out to people. They're the worst. They're the change. worst people. Like I, they don't care. They're, I try to. Talk, yeah. I have a meter made joke. I try and talk about, but I I don't oh, understand yeah? how you seek out becoming a meter maid. What type of person <laughs> does that? And yeah. I talk about how like not in the history of meter maids has someone gone up to a meter maid and just been like, "Hey man, I appreciate what you do." That's never happened. <laughs> That's like one of the punchlines. I want to make a video of myself outside where meter maids are. Yeah, and just going up to them with gifts. 
and thanking oh, yeah. them for what they do. Yeah, you know what? That would be really cool. I wonder if they can even accept it. I wonder if it's like like college athletes aren't allowed to accept <laughs> gifts or something. That, I mean, they're going to be like, no, be I'm a government person. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't touch me. Because they, that they're so protected. Like, I mean, if you if you push them or you get in a fight or whatever, like, you can get charged with a crime. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like city protected employees or something. like. It's like, a gu- it's like you might as well just, uh, you know, punch somebody that works at the Pentagon or something. Yeah. I mean, Are it's these like people that who couldn't become cops who want to become cops? I don't know. I want to interview a, a media. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a good, yeah, you should <laughs> have that podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? Unlicensed therapy for meter maids. I don't even think they like meter maids. I think it's meter people. Sure. This pers- yeah, I'm you know, sure they don't like offensive. being called meter maids. It's like stewardess. <laughs> you can't, you got to go flight attendant. That is not the it. politically correct yeah. term. You know, you know what's crazy about that? It's illegal to feed somebody else's meter. Like if they catch you really? doing that, that's a crime. That's insane. And they're, they're like, you can't go like a good Samaritan. Like, oh, this car, like you're putting for whatever reason you got an extra quarter and you feel like, oh, this guy's car just ran out or, or girl's car just ran out. And, you know, and then you put them quarter in there. That would be so you get cool. busted. Uh, I just ha- did you hear that Eric Andre has a store where he sells ranch dressing? I don't know if what? that's a rumor on the Internet, but I just heard that <laughs> that he started a store where all they sell is ranch dressing. It'd be cool if I became so rich and I just paid someone to stand like buy a bunch of meters and just fill up people's meters and make sure that no one gets tickets. Well, you know what's funny is there was a there was like a, a, a meter fairy. I, I don't know, unless I was hallucinating, I swear to God, like 10 years ago, I think I saw it, I know I saw it once, I might have seen it twice, and I know I've heard about it before. I have no idea if this still happens. Literally, a girl dressed as a fairy, meter fairy, Dressed as a fairy with like a little bucket of quarters, and yeah. she was just hopping. To, it was like Beverly, like LeBray and Beverly, That's like somewhere so around there. Funny. And she just like bippity boppity, like walking yeah. down the street. And then she checked the meter, and then put in the quarter, and this was filling up everybody's thing. That's and that's amazing. how I found out that that was. And real. She like, got oh, in trouble. I don't know if she did, but <laughs> yeah. like I, I read read a thing about how like yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Like that's, that's hilarious. Like, I'm like, can you imagine she got like arrested? She's just like in there, and then what are you in for? Like oh, I was putting quarters in meters. She's dressed like a fairy and <laughs> yeah. shit. Like. What the hell? Like that's so funny. I don't know. What a good person. I yeah, want right? to. I want to interview that girl. You got to find her. The meter yeah. fairy. Yeah, the the Hollywood meter fairy. Man, the, I don't know. So what were we talking about? So uh, the president and the thing. My parents are dead. Hillary. <laughs> How did your dad die? When your dad? My died? dad died uh, like f- uh, when I was thirty two, like four years ago. Okay. And uh, he died of pneumonia. Basically, seventy five. Not really in good health. Is that so, a common? I guess when you're 75. Yeah, once you common. get up there, once you're yeah. once you're in the mid 60s and up, you know, you can get people in Florida get pneumonia and shit and die all the time, 60s, 70s and stuff. You know, I so. was I was listening to another Freakonomics episode oh, about. I love that. Yeah, I like that. I just got into that. I went to Africa with my family, so oh, I had yeah, a lot I of that, yeah. I had a lot of plane time. Oh uh, yeah, I so bet. I downloaded a bunch of those. One was about. Did you listen to the suicide one? Yeah, no, uh, like when you're past. The most common age to kill yourself is when you're 75 and older. Yeah. A man that's 75 right. and older, but when by that time you're that age, so many people are dying anyway right. that it's still not even in the top five leading causes of death. Wow. But then 24 to 34, even though it's a way smaller number Amount of, of people, people killing themselves, is still like cares. the second yeah. leading cause of death because right. so many young people. Right. You're live, not gonna. You're not gonna die of natural. Right. Causes yeah. Usual. You're more like you're less likely to die from some random event. Compared to when you're 75, right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. So, Those people need to come in here, man. You need to have them. Save yeah, some lives. That's right. Jeez. 
So that's rough. You, you, yeah. You're young. Your parents I'm an only are child. I'm you're an orphan. An only child. So you got no one else. Yeah, that's it. Just been alone in my head. You know. Did they have a lot of therapy. money? Did they leave you a lot of money? No, like a tiny bit, but uh, you know, yeah. But not not enough to where you're like, I'm set now. No, Jesus Christ, no. I mean, you think I'd be on this podcast if I was? <laughs> <laughs> you're rolling. I, I wouldn't even be around. I'd be like, a, yeah, yeah, I'd be in Hawaii or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, with if a you had, bar. if you had ten million dollars in the oh, bank God. right now, what would would you still be doing comedy? What would your life be? Would you retire? Uh I mean. You got to do something, or you would probably you would do it, but you would do it, uh, and you wouldn't take gig. You just wouldn't take gigs. You didn't want to do at that point. Probably. I think at that point you got to just you know you got to make all all the gigs are your own gigs. You could produce whatever you want. Yeah, I think I want an hour special this year. No yeah. one's giving it to me. Okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, or just or even just nightly, or just like I own this place and this is my yeah. club or this is my theater or. You just buy out a thing, and you could pay for all like you know the promotion and all that stuff like yeah. when when and wherever you want. So you could yeah, that's true. Go to other cities and be like, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna go there. And, yeah, you know, or if even if it's just small things, you know, like smaller theaters, just to do shows. It's like you can afford to fly to like oh, I'm gonna go to Colorado and just do this like yeah, little, take a thousand dollar loss, but it's okay, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. do this little gig here and invite the fans out, pay for everybody's drinks or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Just no have like minimum. A, yeah, and just have like a fun show like that, and so that it's no stress on anybody. I mean, I and when I was in college, like we threw parties a lot. Me and like the guys I lived with at a house, we had uh, we threw a bunch of parties, and I always liked that. You know, like hosting. You know, just making it. Where'd you go to college? West Virginia University, okay. WVU, Mountaineers. Let's go Mountaineers! Yeah, man. What was your major? I was a music major. Played trombone. Got okay, my BA. So you always in music. had ambitions of the creative arts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I never wanted to. Yeah, I you never knew heard. from a young age you did not want to work at a desk. That's true. I remember That's there good. was like second grade or third grade. I didn't know about comedy. I mean, I watched comedy, you know, on like Tonight Show or whatever, but I didn't. I, don't know, I didn't conceptualize it as like a career path, but I remember there was like some quiz or something in like second grade. You take like what what profession do you like? And it was just like you know farmer and police officer and lawyer and like whatever and i didn't like any of the things the only one was like like a dancing guy in a top hat you know <laughs> like like from like a windows 95 kind of thing where it's just like you know it's like a, a guy in like a tux and a top hat and dancing in you're and like it, i don't know what that is but i like that yeah guy. and it was like entertainer and oh I was entertainer. like that yeah and i was like that sounds cool i was like what's that and it was almost like just by process of elimination. I was like that. And then I didn't really think about it much more. I actually think I took a test in like fifth grade and it said I was supposed to be in agriculture or farming or something like that. And I was like, hell no. So did you just go to college like me? Did your parents just pressure you into going to college? Because if you knew no. you wanted to be an entertainer, yeah. why go to college? No, right? I was super into trombone in high school, man. I was, I was, I got really good at trombone. I got a scholarship. I got scholarship offers and stuff by my senior year. Uh, I was real into. Were music. you in the school band? Yeah, I was in the marching band, marching dude. Band, yeah. I was in all that shit. Wind symphony, uh, yeah, jazz band. Did all that, man. It was fun. I had a good time. See, I don't understand. Like some of these people, especially people that are like maybe younger, like around your age or in between our age. What? Twenty five or twenty six? Twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. Had a birthday since last time I asked your age. And my actual birthday is tomorrow. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, damn, I guess it's been a year since I asked your I'll birthday. I'll be 27 tomorrow, so this is the Happy last time I can birthday. stand 26. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, old. dude, 27. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Feeling it, man. That's the best. 
Actually, no, 25 is the best. You're a little over the hill. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, the ex- once you reach 25, then every year after that, you're kind of like, shit, yeah. I'm almost you start, 30. You start feeling it. Well, just also like I'm your recovery. I'm in my late 20s Yeah, now. your late 20s, dude. And then 30, it's over. Then you kind of give up. Then you're just like, whatever. Yeah, who cares? I've already. That's good. That's Yeah. Yeah. No expectations in this life. That's Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's, set myself yeah. up for this. Hey, if you have no expectations, everything is bonus. Exactly. You know what I mean? Everything my whole is life's happy. a bonus. You're all in the positive, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're never in the red. You're you're always in the black. I don't know if that's a therapy technique, but I do it on myself. Just everything's bonus. I like that. Yeah. That is good. I should start thinking that way, right? Yeah, zero expectations. Mm-hmm. The Zero Expectations podcast with Ari Man. <laughs> I like that. So, uh, yeah, I was really into music. My parents didn't pressure me to do anything, too. That's, that's I think, if there's anything to talk about in our therapy sessions. hard, like... Uh, connecting or relating to other people's experience that make because mine i feel like was uh, kind of drastic compared to other people at least around me as in far terms as of like your parents leaving just a no i'm part of my parents like uh with college with a lot of stuff like so both my parents went to college uh actually graduate school my dad had a phd and so social work and and uh, studied sociology and stuff extensively. My mom had a master's degree. My, my mom's parents had my dad, my uh, my so grandfather. They weren't. They, weren't uh, they were working, but they weren't struggling, doing a hard labor job, and like you need to go to college and have the life we didn't have. Yeah, it I guess that's where thing. that kind of comes yeah. from. It's like yeah, if you're the the kind of they always talk about like the, um, you know if you look at I guess the you 1800s have a stereotypically. Or uh, Asian family. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, a lot of people what they have the Asian parents or something. Well, my dad's Japanese. My mom's white. So, you know, my dad's experience from coming over isn't like one of the, I guess you see more of people that came over in the 70s. So my dad came over in the mid to late 60s. But a lot of the Asians that came over in around that time, 60s and 70s, were coming from maybe... Uh, countries that were less you know economically advantaged uh, compared to japan so they're coming over like for a better thing whereas my dad in japan he was where he went to college over there came over here to go to graduate school working he knew english like all the stuff yeah exactly yeah living the dream find a white girl Mm -hmm. settle down but um (laughs) it's like that's a different story than someone who comes from maybe Korea or Vietnam and they're war-torn mm-hmm. countries post-war. Right. They're coming over and it's just like, hey, whatever job you can get, settle down. I want a better life for my kids. Give right. them the opportunities that I didn't have. Whereas yeah. my dad's coming over like, hey, do what you want. I just right. left Japan. I lived in Australia. <laughs> I came to here. I went to Canada. Yeah. Like, uh, do whatever you want, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what cool. he did. And, yeah. so, and same thing with my mom. You know, she traveled around, lived in Brazil for a little bit, in New York. So... Their whole thing was just like, do whatever makes you happy. They can kind of abandon their uh, traditional whatever that is expected of them at yeah. their time. So when you're a child of those people, it's just kind of open. That it, sounds where, great. Yeah, it's cool. But then you go to school with other people whose parents are not in that position, right. whether it they be financially or, or may just be traditional. Some people mm. were financially fine, but they're just like, no, you're, you're not going to be a music major. There's well, no money that's in how that. My, you know? I mean, my family... I was such a a weird kid, or not weird. Well, I was weird, but I was <laughs> was I was such a yeah, I was such a a rebel, you could say. Yeah, and yeah. They, they were just really happy that I went to college. So they let me major in whatever I want. Yeah. But even though my parents were also not poor or struggling, they definitely I definitely had a pressure not to do comedy. Or really? if you're gonna do comedy, you better get a job. Also, there's mm. 
there's a pressure. You know, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a lawyer. Oh wow, okay, so, so that's like tempering. I'm the yeah. disappointment. Yeah, see, my parents are social. Work. I mean, like we were living in an apartment until I was like 12 years old. I mean, like you know, <laughs> it wasn't anything like that, right? So the, there's a pressure of let's not go backwards here. Right. At least yeah, maintain yeah. where we're at <laughs> right. here. Let's not set back the manist name mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like you know, you could, and they don't get it at all. So they're like, you know, you could work a full time career <laughs> and pursue comedy. I'm like, well, you can't really. Right. Like, not if you. How am I supposed to do therapy sessions <laughs> at work? Yeah. Oh God, dude, you have such a calm voice, though. Like, I really think you should pursue. Therapy, some maybe. some kind of therapy or something maybe <laughs> some audiobooks some tapes some like, relaxation that would be fun some like when you're going to sleep you know like hey this is Ari like, if any of you that? have an audible subscription you may recognize this next comedian yeah just read all the books dude yeah seriously how do you do it like what is that like is that coming from the no expectation it's like I feel like a lot of times there's like tension in my I've body. Been, uh, voice. You're I've been so smooth. beat down by life. Oh, I already. Think that's, yeah. I, you know, I went to, I got sent to military school oh. at a young age. I've gotten my heart broken a few times mm. and I, I, I let those things get to me military a little bit. Military school? Yeah, I went to a military high school. 13. I was so close. My parents almost did that. I was a bad kid. What what did you do that was so bad? I was like, I was, I like punched a, a hole in the wall when I was like 13 or something like that. I got in a fight with my dad. Physical yeah. fight with your dad? Yeah, yeah. Like you wrestled just, around? Yeah, uh-huh. like wrestled around trying to punch him in the face and shit. Damn. Like that. Who won? Yeah. Nah, no one really won. I don't know. But, um, if he couldn't take down a 13 year old. Well, I mean, he wasn't going to hit me back, I yeah. guess, you know, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that was, they, they so definitely they, talked they about that. They threatened you with it. Yeah, no, that, that, there was brochures in the mail and all that. I mean, that was. It was. Uh, I never was close. had physical any physical violence issues. It was more just I was disrespectful, a little brat. Mm. So my mom would be like, "Hey, uh, wait, you, where was this? Where'd you grow?" I grew up in San Diego, but the military school was in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh shit! Out in the middle of nowhere. Man. Yeah. So my mom would say something to me, "Hey, you've been on the computer too long. You need to go outside." And I'd say, "Fuck you, bitch! I right. can do whatever I want." I was like right. Cartman, yeah, or something. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I did that too. Yeah. So then. Uh, I, and then I wanted to be independent more than they right. wanted me out. I would say, I want to be emancipated. I hate right. you guys. You yeah. guys suck. Yeah. Can I go to boarding school? What can I do? Wait, to is get it just you and your brother? You're the I, older one? I have the older one. I have two younger brothers. Oh, two younger ones. Okay. Yeah. So, but they were, they're five years younger than me okay. each. Yeah. So one of them was basically a baby. One, one of them three. Right. And one of them was t- uh, eight. Right. Yeah. Eight. So you're way older. Yeah. yeah. So I would say I want to be emancipated. My I want to go to boarding school. They'd say we're not sending you to boarding school to go have fun. If you want to leave so bad, you can go to military school. Damn. And I said fine. Oh shit! Send you said yeah. Military school. Not really thinking about it enough in my head. You just want to get out. <laughs> I just want to get out. And then I get uh. there, and we take a tour of the school, and they're all really nice. All the students there, they're, they're like, oh, we're going to treat you like you're our brother. Like It's so much fun here. We get to shoot guns. No parents. <laughs> and I'm like, this place is pretty cool. Like, I think yeah. this might actually be fun. And I'm like, see you later. They leave me as soon as my parents leave. They start yelling at me. Yeah, they shave the my head, get on yeah. the ground, do a boot camp, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So it was. Whoa. And you're 13. And I'm 13, and I am come from... Uh, a spoiled Jewish mo- lawyer and doctor where I just <laughs> right. kind of ha- didn't realize kind of how good I had it. Uh, I had strict parents, but that was the, the worst of it. And right. this was way more strict. Right, right, right. So I kind of, I didn't really, I wasn't prepared, Yeah, I think. I wasn't at all prepared. So I had no idea what his was miserable. I so cried. that just deflated all all that out of you. It deflated. And then it was. I was so young 
and such a little kid. Then I, I two years, I went stayed there for Dude, two years. Dude, you're hitting puberty right in the yeah, middle of oh, all totally. that. That's I hadn't the worst. even gone through puberty. I, oh, I got that's through. the worst. I and they're like, clowning you because you don't have pubes. I was the hair. second. Oh, uh, no. I was the second smallest kid oh, in the whole school. Right. You're I was, like, I, was I think, five feet tall right. oh, and 105 no. pounds. Right. Oh, no. And, of course, and there's a couple kids that are, like, 15, and they're, like, six feet tall. Oh, yeah. And they're beating I, your ass. Yeah. I, it, was, it was... So, it was a lot to take in. And then I came back, and I just felt even more different than everyone else because I had gone through all that. So, I came back to public school, and I have the shaved head. Yeah. And oh. I'm from military school. Oh, yeah. So, wait, you came back for, like, sophomore year or something? I came back for my junior year. Whoa. I came back, actually, not... I was expecting go back to military school but yeah. I, I met a girl that summer the fir- my first kiss Aww. working at a tennis and summer camp and then i was with her the whole summer so my parents were like you've really gotten a lot better behavior you can come home if you want damn and then i stayed and then of course she we ended a week wait so you did eighth year. grade ninth grade tenth grade i did ninth and tenth grade ninth at and the tenth military grade. school oh shit and then you met this girl and then you come back and then she's like i'm gonna date this guy in college yeah. <laughs> and then you know, basically that i'm gonna date this other guy this older guy with a All car right, yeah right. for sure this older and guy then, who didn't have to go to military and then school. i'm at public school just feeling super out of place and Shit. yeah, that's where it all started. And then, then you know, get my heart broken a few times, and Damn. now I'm battered down by life. And but like, just the tone of your voice was it always like that? Or do you think it was that coming back to high school and then I think just it was, being like? I think it was. It got beat out of me. It it made me calm my military right, school. Right, I right. think I I could be wrong. It sounds super. But if calm, I were yeah. to if I were to address it in my head of how I that makes I got sense because that's right guy. when like you're hitting puberty and your voice is kind of deepening and all that kind of change. They're making me yell a lot. They're yeah. making me. They're they're yelling. I, it locks oh, you right, up. They lock right. you up there. Yeah, that's you know how like improv classes. You're yes, you're, man. you're loose. You, yeah. they, they do all these exercises to get you oh, out of your shell physically. Yeah, this I'd say was the opposite of that. They do a lot of exercise <laughs> to lock you into a shell. Don't move. Yeah, yeah. That would. That's what I would say. Military school is. It's putting you inside a shell. Wow. On purpose. And so, yeah. And then, so you don't like, and then you're not yelling, you're yelling a lot and all that. And and then basically when you take the shackles off of, from military school or something, you know, you're out of the, the yeah, captivity. Yeah, you're, you're kind of but you're, you're looking around like, what? So how do I Right, do I do right. This? So you're still in like a, a shell and then yeah. you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And they're like, all right, do you have anything to say? You're like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet. Wow. And then you're just like, hey, I'd like to go on a date with you. And they're like oh my god you're weird <laughs> what the hell's wrong with that guy yeah why is he so calm weird don't you cuss your parents out you're like not anymore <laughs> I'm oh, a, I'm what happened wow oh man then you got your heart broken a couple more times and then you're just like you know what fuck it now i'm just calm everything's a bonus oh man life is good but and, life life is good i mean those are the those are if those are the biggest hardships in my life my life's pretty good those aren't that bad Ah. Uh, yeah well i guess so well your parents i guess accept my parents are alive yeah that's good yeah that helps that's good for support i think that's that's what i didn't realize like they're still as i got older is like were they still married your parents uh yeah but well kind of i mean technically (laughs) i mean well they just kind of were roommates you know uh i think they uh you know Probably well, if, were not if they really, really hated each other, yeah. they wouldn't be roommates, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, my dad took this job. When I went to college, my dad took a job in Japan. And uh, so he was back and forth between Japan and America while I was in college. And my mom was 
basically alone at home. That's why it's kind of sad that my when my mom died, it was out of nowhere and she was just by herself. Oh, your dad wasn't there either. No, he wasn't Damn. there. He was in Japan. He was teaching there like most of the year, and so. Uh, so did you both fly back and then kind yeah of deal then with flew it back? Yeah, well, see, and then that's the thing. It's not like some happy movie thing where all of a sudden me and dad go to a baseball <laughs> game and you know father son bonding and tragedy. No, he's still you know was selfish dick and was like I got. I mean, like literally, I'm like crying on the phone and I'm like. You know, you gotta you gotta come back. I'm all alone. I don't know what to do. And then he's just like, <laughs> classic Japanese dad. He's like, I gotta work. I'm like, well, there we go. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, he, right. he didn't. He's like, I'm not gonna take a few days off to no, deal with it. No, he came back like back and forth to like do that to like help like close the fucking bank account or whatever. But so like, you and him are not super no. tight. No, we were never to this tight. Day. Oh, well, well, he's gone well, now. Until but, yeah, until he died. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, um, yeah, not really, man. Uh, yeah, he uh. Yeah, we weren't that close in high school and stuff, and then he left. And for me, it was kind of like the emancipation thing. Like I was waiting for to go to college for that to just be free. I mean, I had a great time in college. I had fun, and it was just so cool being on your own. And I couldn't wait for that. And I think a lot of people aren't ready for that, and they go to college and then they just fuck around too much. And I was like fully prepared to do that. But uh, yeah, during that time, I wasn't close with my dad. Leading up to that, then he and was you were in Japan, in the band, so it wasn't like college could have been that hard. Oh, dude, academics wise. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, being a music major, you don't really have that hard academics. You're not um, up studying till three a.m. No, but you are practicing a lot. I mean, I definitely plan. But you want to do that, you know? What I mean, it's like yeah. music. It's like what you enjoy. It's your major area of interest, you know. Yeah. So. Um, that was cool. Uh, you know, you have to take other, you know, there's definitely cramming for other, uh, subjects and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't close to my dad. Then after my mom dies, we don't really rebuild anything. So then I'm just kind of on my own, which when I was 23 and I moved out here was fine because I was just like, you know, I'm young. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, fuck it. I'm just going to do all this shit on my own. Who cares? I'd see my dad maybe once a year, kind of communicate by email didn't really talk to him much. Oh, yeah, because he was overseas. Yeah, he was in Japan, and then uh, maybe saw him a little bit uh, through the time. And the the thing that was hardest, that this is why I started going to therapy when I was like 29, was that, you know, you don't realize how much uh, maybe that social, like maybe maybe you appreciate it now, like with your parents and stuff like that, since especially going through military school and high school, but like uh, just the support, just like the people that will... I don't want to say yes, men, but just be like, okay, cool, we're here for you. And if if you, you really know? need someone, for example, if I were to lose my job, yeah, and yeah, lose all my money and need a place to stay, yeah. I could go home to my parents and say, yeah, that and like a safety net, yeah. or just being proud of like whatever you're doing. You know, maybe they don't understand podcasting or something, but they're just like, oh, you got a podcast, like that's really cool. Like, oh, can I come on the podcast? Yeah, just like little shit, and you're like, shut up, mom, like little right. shit like that. You don't realize how many of those things that you, when you don't have those things, uh-huh. then all of a sudden you realize like how much that uh, plays into your your sanity and your emotional stability. So when you're sure. 23, you're like, oh, whatever. But by the yeah. time I was 27 and I had and accomplished had no some things, I had no one. I'd like, you know, I'd been on TV a couple of times and there's no one to like call to say congratulations or happy right. birthday. You know, it's like your friends and stuff. Do but you it's didn't not have like anything. a close aunt or uncle either that kind of no. took a little... No. Father figure type of role. No, no, no. Fuck all those people. No. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I always say my aunt, my mom's sister, if we want to get into it since this is therapy, uh, my mom's sister, she uh, had moved to Virginia. My, this one, I grew up in Northern Virginia outside D.C., right? Uh, 
like about 30 minutes away from where my mom was living. My mm-hmm. mom only, my, my mom's parents, my grandparents were dead uh, at this point when my mom died, right? So literally after my mom dies, I call like one of the banks or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I got to close the account. My mom died. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, did, does your aunt know? Like meaning my mom's sister. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I have no idea where she is. I haven't talked to her in like eight years. I haven't, she's in Kansas or something. And they go, oh, no, no, we have her phone number for you. Here you go. And then they start giving me the thing. And I'm like, what? And then they're like, 703, that's a Northern Virginia area code. It's only a small area that right. has it. That'd be like if you thought your family member was across the country. And then they Turned go, oh, they yeah, the they're street. like, oh, 323. And that's a Hollywood number. You're yeah. like, what What the fuck? They're here. Yeah. And so I was like blown away. I was like, are you kidding me? They're like, yeah, you know, she bought a house. She had moved to the area three months ago and didn't tell my mom. So I was like, man, fuck that bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Everyone's all blood thicker than water and relatives like nah man like if you're like gonna be like that I I feel like it's disrespectful to my mom and my mom's memory to all of a sudden be cool with my aunt they weren't on speaking terms obviously (laughs) she fucking moves to the same small area code and doesn't tell my mom so you know, I just told her and she wanted, then all of a sudden she felt bad because she felt guilty that she didn't reconcile things with my mom, yeah. understandably. So she needs to go to this. She needs to be on this podcast. No, fuck her. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and so then she wanted me to come over for Thanksgiving and, you know, Christmas and all that shit. And I had a hard choice because now it's like, you're doing this because you feel sorry for me. And more importantly, you do this because you feel guilty that you didn't reconcile things with my mom. And I just had to tell her like, listen, you know, that's disrespectful. My, like you weren't nice to me or my mom until after she's gone. Like you had your chance to reconcile things. You moved this close. You could have said something you didn't. I feel like my mom would be rolling over a grave. Find out that I'm going to your house for fucking 4th of July or whatever. I'm going to have to say this as your therapist. Oh, here we go. Although what you're saying is true, I think you got to forgive. I'm not saying you have to oh, get no, close no, no. to your aunt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to no. forgive her. And, you know, I mean, I personally have like, even though it probably doesn't sound like it right now because I'm going through it, but it's taken me back to the feeling of when that that moment when that happened. I don't think about it at all. Like that that was a struggle for a long time of like dealing like, oh, should I? It's family whatever. You can forgive somebody for yourself. It's a hard thing to do and you have to remind yourself. So I think. I had to do with my dad. Like I resented my dad for a long time, but the years, a couple, the last couple of years before he died, he wasn't in good health. He knew he had been a bad father and not really there for my mom or me. And once you see that in somebody, then when they're like seven years old and they're like walking with a cane and shit, and you're just like, all right, like you can't. Yeah. You're only eating yourself up if you're yeah, still, still mad think at that, about that point. Yeah, I still think about that because I don't get along with my mom, so yeah. I still think about that. Like, oh. Yeah, you just, you gotta, it's only gonna eat yourself up at that point, so you kind of have to, you can, for, if forgiving is not for them, it's for yourself. That's, right. that's a hard thing to like internalize. But yeah, as far as my aunt, like, yeah, I forgive her because I know she felt guilty and uh, as dealing with whatever residuals from that experience and also losing out on having a relationship with me. But at the same time, I, I feel like there's no obligation for me to then all of a sudden go be on a boat with her for some sure. holiday. You know, it's like, fuck that. Like, we don't know each other. Plus, we're, you know, I think she's super Christian and conservative. I'm oh, yeah. liberal, atheist, weird. you know, so it's just like. So you didn't have any sort of figure or support system. Like, I mean, it's kind of weird because I wouldn't say, I mean, obviously I'm doing this for myself and because I enjoy comedy and but, you got that voice for it man. and nice. got that voice Sounds but good. part of me really wants to be successful and just have my parents be like okay he yeah. is in a fuck up 
<laughs> right. But you didn't have that motivation at all. It was just solely right. for yourself. So. Literally, my parent going to going to college. They're just how like, do you find motivation? How do you find motivation? That's interesting. To, bring it up to you know get a credit or whatever your goals yeah. are your comedy goals your career goals i was gonna ask you goals. that that's what i was thinking yeah. driving over here i was like i gotta ask a hurry about motivation you know how do you stay do you find it hard to get motivated? motivated well yeah because it's kind of gets me to like well what's the point you know i mean not to sound like super depressive or just like you know nothing means anything nihilist or whatever it's called you know just but you know not that everyone lives their lives to impress their parents or something like that but it's but hard part to, of it, but it, it yeah. that helps. It yeah. helps helps you find the motivation to satisfy yourself. But mm-hmm. when it just ends up being like, "Hey, I'm only doing this for me," then you got to find some deepness to like super. It's like athletes that are so good; they like have an crazy. Everyone wonders why they have a crazy ego. It's because they super love themselves. Like you got to ultra love yourself to wake up at the crack of dawn and just work out and shoot free throws and do all this shit like all day long and just love that you're that good and you're going to be better. I and mean, these people have like a crazy infatuation with themselves to that do that That makes sense. Stuff. I never really you know I mean? thought, stopped and analyzed that, but that makes sense why every athlete's like, I'm the best there. I'm the best quarterback there. Even if they're clearly not, they yeah. just are like, I'm the best. You just have to have that kind of like attitude and love for yourself. And obviously can cross a line where it's like cocky and arrogant or I was, obnoxious. I was going to say, there's some comedians out there who, who talk like that and I and <laughs> cannot be around those people. I'm the best comic right. there is. I should be on, a, on every show. What? Well, How yeah, when I you lose there? the humility or the self-awareness, that that's the thing. I think when you, you love yourself, but no this self-awareness to be able to push yourself like it's loving yourself and going like i'm not the best i can be i can be better yeah you know what i mean like oh, I'm, I'm good but there's I, no, I can go another level that's you know? how you should motivate yourself is yeah. uh you just have to remember that you love the art form yeah and that you're just trying to get better for yourself yeah that's hard that's, yeah and, and i'm sure yourself. you already know those things but but yeah it's just reassurances that you have to say okay today i want to write a new joke because it's fun and because it'll make me better and you just have to do you have to change your goals to yeah. just not even think about your career necessarily but right. more think about you know you're focusing on your art it's a fun art and, right. and you want to get better as an artist yes i like that change your goals right instead of making the external goals making it internal goals of like i'm i want to do this to know prove that to myself that i can do this and feel better about accomplishing these yeah and i goals. you know i think a lot of people i don't know how you are but it's when you're in this community, this kind of small community and you see people getting things around you and there's probably like, you can't help, but sometimes get a little, not maybe bitter, maybe a little jealous. And why, why isn't the industry recognizing me? Why am I not on this person's radar? But in today, I think the industry personally is kind of collapsing. Really? To me, it's, it's just, there's, it's getting so diverse. There's so many different things. Your gets diversity. Ari Manis. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you know what I mean? There's so many different channels. There's so many different comedy things right now. Got podcasts like this. There's podcasts. There's the internet. I think it, there's still like, it's, we're hung up on industry. Mm. And and I think um, it's sometimes hard. It's like, why didn't I get a Montreal showcase? Yeah. Yeah. And, And you need that valid validation to do it but it's you have to take a step back and realize that it, none of that matters i could do anything i want now on my own yeah if i have a five oh, right. minute late night set ready film it yourself put it on the internet you don't need yeah in today's day you just have to realize none of that stuff's going to make you happy anyway yeah you're right man you know what someone asked me the other day i told him i was a comedian and they go oh are you on youtube like yeah 
Totally. Ten years ago, they would have been like, have you been on The Tonight Show totally. or Comedy Central? Like, literally, the first question is, are you on YouTube? Totally. Like, so can I look it up? I want to watch your show. Yeah, you have an hour special ready? Hey. Film it yourself. Be like, yeah. check out my hour special. It's on Vimeo. Whatever. On YouTube. You could buy it on Vimeo. So you're for saying it's by. like, it's there's so much out there and there's all this stuff. It's There's no better time than to focus on yourself and make those those personal goals instead of trying instead to... Instead of trying to get the industry to the industry you validation. these goals, just yeah. focus on a personal goal and you can do any goal you have now. I think you're... And, yeah. and not only that, it's like I was talking to... Uh, do you know Jimmy Oyang? Yeah, I know Jimmy. I yeah. was talking to him and how he, he's been... The young had Asian a very, sensation. He's had a very successful few years yeah. getting on TV, but none of that... And, and I'm sure you've heard this from other people who've had success. None of that stuff really even makes you happier. <laughs> you, you get you you may think like, oh, if I got an hour special and then I'm like recognized and right, big, it's like right. it doesn't. At the end of the day, you're gonna do that, and then it's not really gonna make you happier. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel to you the way it'll make you happy for everybody. a day, right? And right. then you're gonna be like, all right, what now? Right. You still have to live with yourself. Right. Yeah, you gotta live with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, what's gonna fulfill that and fill that void and keep that that motor? So yeah, running? you got to make your goals creative and not industry related at all. Yeah, and trying to get it, that validation from so, them. Yeah. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna do a five minute set, you do it yourself. You wanna do an hour special, you do it yourself. You wanna make a TV show, make a pilot yourself. All these things. It's yeah. Like, you don't need anyone anymore. Dude, like this man, you built this whole podcast, dude. This is amazing. This, Have you talked about this on the air? I mean, this no. is crazy. This where this studio is is the basement of the comedy store that literally had dead bodies and trash <laughs> in it until probably I mean, about six months ago. I mean, the like, story behind this this is like it's kind of it's it's cooler than I anticipated it to be. I when I first moved to LA, I kind of was smart in the sense where it's like I want to be a comedian, but it's there's a thousand there's thousands of comedians in LA, right? Oh so yeah, you have to separate. But you didn't yourself. do comedy in San Diego. Uh, I, I started comedy in Santa Cruz. I went to UC Santa Cruz. Oh, but even nice. then, I did it once every four months right. than I thought I was doing because I didn't know. Yeah, you that know? was like was me like, when I first started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I really started here. Right, okay. Um, so <clears throat> I moved down, but I knew I was smart. I listened to a comedy podcasts. And yeah. I knew there was thousands of comedians. And I knew that you have to separate yourself. So yeah. I was like, well, I'm a nerd. You are? I'm good with got that silky uh, smooth voice man I feel i'm like good <laughs> with tech and video do a late night thank you for sharing your nighttime with ari man it's exactly got love songs and requests that used to be a dj in yeah. dc yeah like maybe I'll, maybe i'll have to look into radio yeah. sorry so, about that i didn't mean to interrupt. no it's okay so so i thought to myself well i could make a little podcast studio because I was really into podcasts. Well, you was, had that thought back then this was four years ago there was still like earwolf was a thing but there was no like all things comedy. Oh, okay, like the networks. Um, yeah, none of the big networks around, and so and I was living in my aunt's garage when I first moved here Whoa. because uh, to go back to that support system that was nice to have. Yeah, I, the first six months here I didn't have a job. Yeah, so I could just I went to open mics and shows every night, just yeah. seven nights a week. I just yeah. obsessed myself with it until I accumulated enough little sources of income to yeah. move out into a studio. But I was living in her garage, and I set up a little podcast studio. And oh, you did it there. I did it in my aunt's garage. And oh. I was just, I kind of learned from it. You know, I bought some microphones that weren't good. I just, I was figuring out the kinks. Yeah. And doing it and, and just knew how to edit and taught myself how to do all this. No one was paying me. It was just for myself. Yeah. And then. Do it for yourself. And then Eric, the GM, came in here. Oh, yeah. Tommy left. Yeah. And they were actually open to cool ideas. And Eric, yeah. it wasn't even my idea to build a studio here. It was Eric, the general manager. Yeah. It was like, we should do 
a podcast studio, we have all these extra rooms because they have an upstairs attic. There's an extra, oh, yeah, there's yeah, an yeah, accounting yeah, up office yeah, upstairs. Yeah, yeah. That's where the podcast studio used to be. Oh, really? You so did he there? was okay. like, uh, he was going to turn that into a studio. And then uh, originally, uh, Red Band was going to do it. Oh, yeah, because he was doing stuff here. And uh, then, uh, I don't know if I should be talking about this, but oh. basically, Polly was like, I don't want that pothead. Oh, up shit. there because it's right next to Polly's office yeah, he's yeah. like I don't want Tony Hinchcliffe and Red Man up there just up smoking there. weed yeah. and drinking booze doing podcasts up there he, and I knew I knew Polly yeah. so Polly was like have Ari do it because yeah. I helped Polly with his podcast yeah yeah you've already been producing podcasts yeah. so then Eric was like alright so then I went up there built the studio Yeah, it wasn't really getting much use because it was so high up maybe a few people were using it but not that many so then Eric had the idea to move it down here so wow. get more use and then but this is crazy because like this was completely this unused really cool down here. Thing. Yeah, there was nothing. It's just storage and garbage, and it's like refurbished, repainted. I mean, it's a legit like radio. So you got two sides here. You got like the producer side with the little glass window. Yeah, you have the other side this the was table. All Juan Carlos, he's the uh, yeah. I don't know what his job title <laughs> is here. Just kind of everything construction. He's <laughs> yeah, kind of in handyman. charge of handyman. So he he built this room. And then we added that room and yeah, it's I mean, kind of morphed just... into this cool studio. And I think 15 different people are using it now. So it's getting a fair amount of use. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, this is legit. I mean, but Joe Rogan it's... wants to use it. Really? He, I don't know. Not like permanently. Yeah, but, but to come into a yeah, thing while he's so, here. That's awesome, So it's man. become cool. But I'm it started with doing stipend. it for yourself in your aunt's garage yeah. just because you wanted to do it. Exactly. So if that's, so that's what I, if you have... And you hear so many stories like that yeah. too, where someone's making sketches, and yeah. then Comedy Central's like, "You should do a sketch show, right? For right, us. yeah." So the workaholics, yeah. You, right. It really comes down to doing things for yourself, yeah. And that's how they come out the best too. When right, you're doing totally. For yourself. You're not like, trying to please. Yeah, you're the not. Because how many people have you heard? Oh, I'm going to start a podcast. That's how you get a following. Yeah, and then and then they quit after yeah. six episodes yeah. because. Yeah, they weren't doing that podcast for fun. They were doing it because they thought it was going to get them to a place. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you really have to. If you have a I podcast, know. same thing. It's like you have to be doing a podcast for fun. And then you hear people going, "Oh, well, I don't want to do a podcast because everyone has a podcast." I think well, you know right. what? Everyone ha- everyone does stand up too. That's a good point. So it's like if you want to do something, just do it and have fun with it. Make it I'm the best go to you it. can do. Right? I'm I'm a victim of that podcast thing you just said like five years ago. So I used to do radio in college. I mm-hmm. was the program director at the radio station for a couple of years, and was a DJ and and did all that shit for a couple of years in college. I was super into radio, and you know I've always wanted to do like my own show. And so when I finally got my own place, like I had roommates and shit until I was like 31, and I got my own place and. Uh, I was like, I want to start doing podcasts. So I got some equipment. I knew how to like set it up and I did it for about like, yeah, six months and, uh, and whatever. And I just, for me then I kind of was like looking at the numerical downloads and the how much time and kind of going like, how many do I need to, I guess, uh, sponsor. Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about money then. It was just more like, what is my, what is the amount to justify continuing spending time on doing this versus right. trying to do stand up or getting, uh, you know, going to do shows or traveling around, you know, cause you, you start producing. I start, I was trying to, uh, I was experimenting with different, uh, formats and stuff mm-hmm. and like which things would get more, uh, hits. But I, at looking back based on what you're saying, so if we had, uh, you know, unlicensed, ther- unlicensed therapy back then, you would have said, just keep doing, cause you got to find, do it for you instead of doing it for the download numbers right. or doing it for that stuff. And I was a little bit focused on that. Cause sure. my thinking was, Oh, if I'm not getting those numbers, 
then fuck it. I should be yeah, spending my time on something else. Yeah. Cause it's not helping my career. But in hindsight, that was five years ago. I probably have a bajillion downloads and subscribes had I just kept with it. It's over also five years. easier said than done. You know, I'm giving That's you true. this advice, but then if I put up this episode and three listens, yeah. I'm like, well, shit, why did Two I just of them spend are me. Yeah. three hours editing this? And yeah. now three people listen, but you know, there, it, that's kind of up to you too. If if you actually believe you're putting out a good product, it makes it easier for yourself to promote it. Right. Like I yeah, also you see like some it. people yeah. making podcasts for that same reason. And then they're kind of hesitant to post it on their Facebook because uh, they don't really think it's good. So right, it's like right, right. If, you, if you make it and then you also really believe in it right? because you, you put in work to it, then, then it's easier for you to reach out to iTunes and say, can you promote this? You know, you got to put in the promotional work too. That's you know, all. You know, you know what, Ari? Like, I, I like this stuff, man. Like, I don't know if this podcast is supposed to be funny or we're actually supposed to get some shit done or Whichever. find some shit and we'll figure it out. Whatever maybe happens, for everybody. happens. But maybe you should come up with some like daily affirmations, some daily Ari Manises, you know? AM in the AM. Every yeah. morning you wake up <laughs> and do your Ari Manises in the AM and just wake the up. The motivational and like, talk to work. Yeah. And just maybe you could just have your voice saying it or you know, a list or both, you know? My just, goal if I yeah. did those would be to get people to quit their jobs and drop out of college <laughs> <laughs> wow nice alright yeah there we go I That's don't think that'd be goal. difficult are you in college do you hate going to class yeah. what do you do drop out and start your life <laughs> yeah. and then I'll start listing famous people yeah. who dropped out of college there you go yeah Just get people love to drop yourself. out love yourself love <laughs> yourself Steve drop Jobs didn't go to college yeah Bill Gates didn't go to college <laughs> you don't need college either wait did you drop out of college no i graduated <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, yeah don't listen to me but i, I even though i graduate i'm super anti-education right really, now in really? my life i just think Why it was so well wait, wait when did you graduate uh, 2012 you graduate college 2012 yeah Holy shit. so i moved here right so after old. college wow and i know it's kind of to me college was really worthless in the sense where I don't feel as though I got an education from it. Wow. Um, I was a film major at UC Santa Cruz. So oh. I'm not, not saying like, it does, that if you were to pick a worthless major, that's, that would be it. Really? But still, Come on. You learned composition and lower thirds and those words. Yeah. You learned a few <laughs> words, but these words, anybody could learn with that's Google true. That's true. or by going on a film set by being a PA, you could learn this stuff. That's true. And yeah, you it learn 19... it way faster and way better. Too. Right. Yeah, if it was the eighties or nineties, you had no other accents unless you so, spent time yeah, reading a book. What but I now, found yeah, is that at least for my major and where I was at, what I yeah. found was it was a bunch of spoiled kids. Mm. Skateboarding. Like yeah. I skateboard. <laughs> it was a bunch of, yeah. it was a bunch of spoiled kids going to college on their parents' money. Yeah convincing themselves that they were studying something yeah but in reality there's you're just watching old movies and writing <laughs> about them and it was just it was dumb. so i did yeah exactly you watch this so i didn't feel like i got an education wow um i was very fortunate and my parents paid my tuition yeah. but i know that's typically not the case so right. most people leave in a lot of debt totally yeah so there's another issue and so I, I just have a lot of issues with it and i think it's very flawed and you're I, talking about just post high school Post high school education, I think yeah. you know you need to learn the basics, and then maybe if you had us, if you knew you wanted to be a doctor, yeah, then maybe college is good. If you if like a science or a math, if you want to grow up and be a doctor, 
only to have some shithead comedian son do a podcast right. and talk shit about you. Right. I, this is all coming across as <laughs> just go like, to school. listen to this spoiled kid complain. <laughs> but you know what? I'm okay with that. That's part of the reason why not to go life. to school. Don't go to school, okay? Yeah. What's going to happen? You're going to go to school. You're going to make all this money and only have some loser-ass kid. You're going to have to send to military school. <laughs> Fuck college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my So I've been preaching to kids that I meet. Uh, to not go to college. Wow. I tell my younger brothers don't go to college. It really does feel like what is the gain? I, I've always been in a proponent of education and school and all that stuff because I come from a highly educated family. My grandparent, I'll say my mom's dad, uh, he had a PhD in chemistry and was working on another PhD in psychology. Wow. Like everybody, like yeah. to me, it was almost like if I wanted to not go to college, it would be weird. But at the same time, they're also like, okay, well, do whatever makes you happy at yeah. this point. It wasn't well, that's depression. that's very supportive. It's funny. Simultaneously being very educated and yeah. also being like, well, whatever makes you happy. You don't happy. have that support system, yet you have like one of the most supportive families well, it's, that it, I've it heard. Well, it got yeah. in my brain early. So like, yeah. I think that's the only thing that keeps my motor, and maybe not motor going enough. Maybe if I had that kind of like, oh God, I got to do some shit like over my head. I mean, there's a there's a positives and negatives with yeah, that. Yeah, totally. But I feel fortunate that I was in that situation. That's what I was talking about, connecting with other people that have this different family life situation whether it's are you going to go to college yes or no what are you going to major in yes or no what kind of job are you going to get at people's families are very concerned whereas my parents it's almost like they trusted me they're like hey whatever makes you happy we know you're going to be okay and you know what i mean i i felt that and so i always kind of felt like cool i want to do this i want to do that and they're like all right and like i want to do radio they're like cool and i'm gonna do trombone i'm gonna major in trombone in college they're like all right and you know well i would say luckily they're right because i think you're doing okay thanks man yeah i think you're doing okay from my perspective dude you're doing i gotta okay. do more though i'm gonna go home and tape a podcast like today it never feels enough no matter what you do yeah. you always at least to me i always feel like ah what could i what but you have that that mindset yeah. of like more doing stuff because you want to do and fulfill that void in yourself instead of pleasing the industry or pleasing other people i try to you. yeah but sometimes it's hard it's, yeah. I, I i say these things but then uh, then that Comedy Central's Comics to Watch showcase <laughs> happened a month ago, and, and they don't even know who I am. And I'm like, why <laughs> they don't, don't know why who I am anymore? I'm like, why don't they know? Like, I'm not even saying I deserve these things, but I'm like, why don't they even? I call myself a comedian, and this is what I want to do with my life, and they don't know who I am at all. Right? They don't know my name. They don't. Yeah. They've never seen me. Oh. So, so it, it can it can get to you sometimes, but you right. have to then you have to take a step back and realize. You're being dumb. This doesn't matter. Yeah, it's better they don't know who you are than know you and not like you. Like there's a lot of that's true. That is that. I feel like that's the position to me. I feel like all the industry just hates me now and doesn't and doesn't care. And I feel like that plays into my motivation of like wanting to do stuff. It's like, well, then who cares? But yeah, I do have so fans out there. You know, I'm probably being unfair to all you the people. You have fans. You know, you're funny. You go up that, on yeah, stage like, and yeah. you do well. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. I never not trusted myself. I believe yeah. in everything I say, but. It's more, like I said, it, I think it's more like that thing with the podcast where, look, I think it's good stuff, but if nobody else out there is caring, right. why should I continue to care? Right. But it's like, no, you got to find yourself, like, it doesn't matter. Right. You should always still Just continue to care because yeah. that, you know, you're doing it for you, number one, and only number one. And then the, the other motivation I get, even when people, like, don't listen or watch, is I go, okay, well, I'm building kind of this portfolio to where 
if someone mm. does discover something they like of mine, right. then they might be like, let's see what else he's got. Oh, he's yeah. got this podcast. I'm going to listen to this. Oh, I love this podcast. I'm yeah, going to keep you're listening. Right. So, so you're also building kind of this network or this channel, the KT Tatara you channel. Stuff spiders out there that you never know when it's going to hit the right thing that go. I mean, I, I guess that's still kind of thinking in industry terms or something like that. But but in a sense, it's not because, like you said, everything's online on YouTube now. Yeah. So if you put out something on YouTube and no one watches it, but then you put out something that d- people do watch, then they're like, what else does KT have? Right. And it kind and then of, they go find it. And yeah. The thing and like then if, if they were someone, for example, that was in the industry, they'd be like, shit, KT has like 20 really funny videos. That's true. Online and all this content. We should do something with it. you know who right. knows i don't know what i'm talking about but no but that's, that's true that does ha- that imagine. does happen eventually yeah. from that and then you get to decide whether or not you know at that point um you know who or what to work with i guess yeah you already got the video editing computer i got the video editing computer i got the all the stuff i've been VR. you did i've been used to, on the oculus dude i just yeah. been using my oculus and uh it's awesome see i'm so privileged i found so privileged i feel like i don't you i know, gotta get on that i want to get an uh, oculus oh dude it's machine. awesome man yeah like i don't know but i think i think because what you're talking about the diversity i think it's also hard to find a focus i think for me in terms of I want to do it all like constantly sure. all day I'm coming up with ideas and I'm jotting stuff down and writing my phone and leaving little voice messages and all this shit and it's all over the place instead of just going like podcast this is podcast well, number gotta, one or you videos gotta ha- go to that master list of all these ideas yeah then you prioritize them into which ones your favorite and your most passionate yeah about, and then you start checking them off yeah and then just go down the list go down the list in order of importance and then you're, you're gonna see some and you'll be like okay now that i made prioritize them i realize i don't even want to do that one that's yeah. so far down the list or this one it would be quick and easy i could do this one in a day you know right. whatever so then you could start I don't know. where do you find the motivation to prioritize the list <laughs> 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 oh that's how i gotta make a day to prioritize the list what day do that's i right. put that on i don't know man coming in here this is 10 30 in the morning we're recording this this, this was hard this was hard this is t- no, it wasn't that bad. Actually, it was all right. I got some sleep. I feel like it's easier to go to bed earlier the older you get, but I'm still a late night person too. Me too. I, I yeah. go to bed two a.m. would be early for me if I went to bed at two a.m. I'm like that's my average time. Two thirty-three. I think yeah. I try. I did two. Two to ten is a good sleep. But I time. think midnight would probably be what I should be going towards because really. After midnight, I don't do anything productive. Nothing good happens nothing after midnight. Nothing good happens after midnight. Say, yeah, yeah. I, I'll be here doing nothing at the store, right. hanging out, or I'll be at home on my computer Fucking doing nothing. Around. Yeah. So I, that's really what I, I need to be aiming towards. There's too much shit to get distracted on, and at night you just you all of a sudden it's three hours later because you're right. just looking shit up online and you're just playing games and you just get you know go down this rabbit hole of stuff and it's like not you're not being productive right get that sleep in wake up at eight nine o'clock and then you'll be productive i wish i was one of those dudes you know those guys that just get up at like nine o'clock seven o'clock and they just do a run outside i keep thinking to myself it's gonna happen but it's it's not not, yeah it'll only happen if i make it happen it doesn't that doesn't just happen i don't think yeah it's easy to tell you know what i realize like the older i get is you are I mean, this is a cliche. You are your habits, but you are your habits in terms of what is the story you're telling yourself in your head about your life or your day or whatever, you know, and you got to stop those times where you're like either lying to yourself and be like, oh, I'm going to do it or I'm going to get up. I'll do it later. I'm going to get up early tomorrow or whatever. It's just like you got to create new habits 
you know, instead of trying to live through these like false habits of like, oh, well, I'll do it. And then you yeah. wake up late and then oh, I'll do it tomorrow. It's like diet starts tomorrow. Diet Ain't starts nothing Monday. to it but to do it. Whoa. Ain't nothing but a peanut. Ronnie Coleman, the bodybuilder. Those oh. are things he says. And oh, his, look at that. As he's working out, he goes, Ain't nothing but a peanut. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a peanut. Ain't nothing to it. Like, that's how you tell yourself it's like not And he goes, lightweight. It's so funny. You have to see this video. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm like illuminated. I feel so good. I got to go look that up. I'm going to do a podcast and a video. I'm going to go quick comedy right now. Thank you, (laughs) Ari. Quit school, quick comedy. I learned a lot about you today. It was good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. See you guys Unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes.